0: This is Kevin Conroy, and you're listening to The Drift Space.
1: everyone, G here. Uh, so this is going to be another bonus episode. They're really, we're, We've really been kind of cheating you out calling them bonus episodes. These are shorter episodes uh, with fewer of us called. We're calling them Maximum Drift. And there's a reason we, we've decided to sort of separate these episodes out from our normal ones. And like I said in the last one where JR and I covered episodes uh, 6 through 10 of Ultraman G, Uh, we'll be doing, uh, at least three of these episodes before we announce what this is all about after, after the next episode, actually. But for now, I'm going to hand it off to Rebecca and she's going to lead us on a conversation about one of our all-time favorite television series, Beast Wars Transformers. Rebecca, the show is yours, per usual.
0: Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um hello there. How is everybody? Been a while. Good, good. Okay, good. Everybody good. Good. Okay, good. So, um there are a lot of questions in the world that have yet to be answered, but recently the biggest question still remains. Why oh why oh why is Beast Wars so good? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think that's too much of a mystery. It just is. There's no. I mean, when 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 the only other alternatives the Cybertron trilogy and uh, no, I'm sorry, the Unicron trilogy and Michael Bay, you don't have a whole lot to (laughs) go up. right,
0: right. (laughs) Then there's the then you got the um, then you got the Armada, then you got Cybertron, then you got Energon, and then we head over to yeah, yeah, the Unicron, yeah, Unicron trilogy. And then, uh, and then the Michael Bay universe comes in, and then you get uh, Transformers, the Prime universe, Transformers Prime universe, which is by far my second most favorite. So in the 90s, Beast Wars had hooked us both, both of us, onto Transformers, long before we even knew what Transformers was. I, I might have been uh, six years old, at, and the, the episode that I was first introduced by... Beast Wars was Guerrilla Warfare. And back then it it wasn't just a Transformers sequel. In fact, I, I didn't even know what Transformers was at all at the time. Shocker. It was just another action packed sci-fi animated television show GJ and I enjoyed. So I mean, you can vouch for me, right, bro? Yeah,
1: no, no, I I think I started on the same episode too. Guerrilla Warfare, right? The one where Optimus goes nuts.
0: Yeah, goes bazooka as Dinobot would say it's telling
1: that that episode i had really no interest in it either i i we watched that episode together i'm pretty sure and i don't know we there was something about the characters there was something about the world the the idea of these animals transforming into killer robots was appealing um and right
0: (laughs) and i mean we we just weaned uh, off of we just weaned off of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that also had animals that were, uh, yeah, that turned to a giant robot. So I guess it was kind of a connect. There's a connection, there yeah, in way. Like some connective tissue. I mean, it, it's there, there's, there's
1: definitely the gimmick of, you know, watching animals turn into that like robotic warriors. But I think what ended up hooking us was the storytelling, the characters. Uh, and I can't even say it was the mythology that hooked us just yet because we weren't really aware of much Transformers mythology. We, we, we couldn't really get into it until season two when they started utilizing uh, more background from the original Transformers show. And it sort of revealed that Beast Wars is kind of the, the Star Trek, the next generation to uh, the Transformers the original series, you know, right? Yeah. Um, from there, it's interesting. Beast Wars sort of became this like gateway for the larger Transformers universe for us, especially you, because I, I I didn't yes. really watch the original Transformers much. I was certainly old enough to have watched it, um, but it it was just not really on my radar at the time. But thanks to Beast Wars, we were more enthralled by what happened beforehand because the deep and rich mythology that they eventually dive into was compelling enough to to stick around for more from this franchise
0: exactly in fact i'm gonna say something that's probably gonna anger a lot of g1 fans out there but you know what uh get over it uh beast war's saved the whole transformers franchise i think i
1: think most g1 fans understand that though that's 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 just facts it 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 (laughs) yeah
0: thank you thank you for that i (laughs) mean i I mean i I i remember drawing a picture of uh optimus primal uh carrying an injured optimus prime and i i titled it savior of the franchise optimus primal there you go and 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 it was true, Beast Wars. Beast Wars helped save Transformers um, because after the '80s movie that Dave loves so much, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I mean, it bombed. And the season season three of Transformers, even after Optimus Prime came back, was still the popularity was still going down. I mean, it wasn't just. Uh, it wasn't just the fact that Optimus was gone. It was the fact that kids were starting to grow up and starting to lose interest in mm-hmm. all these toys and everything. And, then, and and a new generation was coming. And so, uh, of course, you got the, the Japanese versions of Headmasters or Victory or Godmasters, which I have yet to watch. No, I, I did watch you Headmasters. watched Headmasters, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Headmasters was okay. Uh, it just, I mean... They killed off Optimus again and brought back Rodimus Prime. That I, I didn't care for that, and I definitely didn't care how how they killed off Ultra Magnus. That was a big no no for me. I've but, heard uh, Victory anyway. is
1: fantastic, though.
0: Yeah, I do have Victory, and uh, I have yet to I have yet to pop it in. I need to pop that it. That might in be
1: real soon. That might be one for us in the future for a maximum drift.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But uh, these but these Japanese ones, I mean, they were. I guess they weren't as popular in America, obviously, because they weren't American, but uh,
1: they never came to America until you know recently. They were never dubbed for American audiences. So, well,
0: ah, see, now I did not know that. See, you knew something about Transformers. I did not know. Ooh, good one.
1: Well, I'm just uh. thinking I'm, I'm pretty sure they weren't, because if, if they had been, I'm sure we would have heard of it. You certainly would have heard of it. And furthermore. Uh, I I would have thought that the the shout releases would have had the dub on there, but they're only in Japanese, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, See, they're only
1: Japanese.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, a new company, a uh, mainframe or what was a cluster. I can't I can't remember which. Uh, uh, they they started out CGI c- computer graphic three D animation, and actually I believe uh JR would appreciate this. Uh, this is where Reboot came mm-hmm. in, and eventually Beast Wars was born. So,
1: Yeah, I think Hasbro was, was interested in working with Mainframe, and they weren't sure on what yet. And Mainframe kind of asked, what are you doing with your Transformers line? And that was when Beast Wars was sort of introduced. The concept of Beast Wars was so, sort of introduced to Mainframe, and then the, the rest is pretty much history. Uh, they took the job. And they created this legendary show, which I, to this day, believe is still the best of the Transformers franchise, by far. Uh, I concur. Regardless of the animation. I mean, I, I get that the animation is dated, but when when so many, I'm, it, there's a lot of people out there who I've, I've heard and read who say it, the animation is bad or the designs are bad or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, I don't think they're well, bad. Sh- by any stretch of the imagination, I think the show is completely and totally watchable.
0: And, and yeah, the anim- yeah the animation is not bad at all. I mean, yeah, there are some glitches. There are a lot of glitches, actually, but there and there are some texture uh, annoyances that would annoy the the crap out of me. And but it's still it's it's not bad. It's it's just dated. Like the- you could say that the '80s Transformers cartoon was bad. Animation was bad, but it what it wasn't. It was just a different style. It was dated, and they had different, yeah, um, different tools, di- certain time links, and everything. The same goes with Armada, uh, Cybertron, Energon, wow. and uh, now hold on,
1: hold uh, on. The Unicron trilogy was notoriously rushed, and I've been watching Armada. I and I say watching. I've been suffering through Armada. <laughs> and, and and the characters barely move. It's a it's a it's a series called Transformers. The 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 show is called Transformers. The word transform means to shift, to move, and make into something else. And barely anything moves. It's a complete catastrophe. It's boring as hell. But but Beast Wars doesn't have that problem. Everything is moving.
0: JJ, why, why don't you tell us how you really feel about Armada? it's crap. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it,
1: and so, but Beast Wars is always moving, shifting. The characters move realistically. Uh, I like, you know, the, the the way their mouths move when they talk, the way they grimace, and their 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 looks and whatnot. It, it's actually very articulate, very articulate. Yeah, I get that. There's like, like what did you say? The uh, the, the textures, textures and aren't the... quite there. Um, you know, there's a lot of redundancies in the environment, and the, the ragging is a little. Sometimes a
0: little off. Yeah, every now and then, plenty but. of
1: clipping. um But none of that bothers me at all. I, in fact, one of the things I love about the show actually is uh just how shiny and metallic they <laughs> look. I thought it was very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> all the the lighting in the show uh, at the time looked really solid, especially in
0: season two when they go trans Transmetal, metal. It's just right. right. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I'm gorgeous. But
1: I don't think I don't think that's enough to not watch the show and to not give it a chance because the storytelling and the character work is so fantastic. And even the writers said because the budget limitations um, kept them from expanding the roster of characters. So they just got really good on focusing on what they had. Right. Exactly. And it worked. I don't care uh, about the little tiny animation gaffes here and there. It, they're, they're just not big enough to not watch the show. And they're certainly not enough of an excuse to completely give in to these remarkable characters that the story built. and, and that Some of which survive, some don't. The stakes are pretty high in the show. And... Uh,
0: You also want to know a little secret about animation gaps. Every animation show and movie has one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think the gaps in this show were more... uh, Have more to do with uh, the technology at the time and less to do with uh, the creative errors.
0: Right, exactly. Um, It it wasn't anything creative... uh, Creative, yeah, like you said, it wasn't anything creative. Error, it was just, it was the, it was the time, it was the '90s. Yeah. It, um, like uh, for anybody who uses Autodesk Maya or 3ds Max um, or any other three three D modeling software, uh, back then they probably they probably had to use like what I don't know 50, 50 hard drives to get that to move mm. as quickly as possible. And but but now these days you can just do it on. On, on your iPad or on your phone and boom you're you're fine
1: but you know what hey it holds up it holds up just enough to keep the story moving and keep me interested uh, because I, exactly. I watched all of season one again not too terribly long ago loved every moment of it yeah. I, there wasn't a single point during the show where I was thinking to myself gosh I wish this was was better animation. Not a single Mm. point. And and I I watched it coming off of, uh, what was it? Transformers uh, War for Cybertron Kingdom. Yeah. And I really, let's not go there. Uh, I really don't,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I really don't find the character models to be all that much of an improvement over what we see in 1996. (laughs) I am, it's just yeah i, I mean I'm, in fact, in some ways I found the 1996 character models to be superior because I felt that they were more expressive in some ways. did you notice that like the the uh the twenty twenty one models from uh war for cybertron kingdom i mean their their eyebrows don't move up and down the same way that uh the ones in ninety six there's do a lot
0: of things that I don't move up and down well in that it's, show, there, so <laughs> there's a lot of things
1: that I just don't find them nearly as expressive
0: Okay, I liked how Aresor got more screen time than usual in that one, but I still wish the rest of the Maxwells had more purpose in that show. Um, well, that's but, a
1: story, you know, related but that, thing. I strictly but, animation. I wasn't. I didn't find it that much more impressive than 1996's Beast Wars characters.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like you're right. Their facial expressions on. At War for Cybertron was pretty much non-existent, yeah. and uh, but but in but in Beast Wars, they're they're very, <laughs> and I say this both literally and figuratively. Uh, it's organic. Their mm-hmm. their movement is swift, and their their expressions and the and the voice acting. Oh my gosh, the voice uh-huh. acting is just it's it's perfect. It's all great perfect. cast. It's
1: great cast. Yeah, and they balance they balance the sort of naturalism with uh the kind of over the top voices so well because Gary Chalk sounds he he doesn't sound like he's trying to overdo it at all. No, he sounds no, very natural. All. Whereas you know then you get Scott McNeil with like Rat Trap and Dinobot. <laughs> he is way
0: and waspinator <laughs> and Silverballs. Uh, he he's he plays four yeah. characters in that <laughs> show he's
1: way over the top but it still works i mean i couldn't imagine rat trap without that voice and guess what it didn't work in <laughs> kingdom
0: um, oh my gosh
1: <laughs> i was so <laughs> yeah, i know we yeah, I, know.
0: I don't want to talk about kingdom we're talking about right, Beast Wars, let, the, the good let's kind let's not go down that
1: rabbit <laughs> hole right now um but anyway, let's go ahead and get into the first five episodes of Beast Wars. We're covering the first five episodes. Rebecca, I think you're you're going to start us off with the very first one. First two episodes are okay. two part, right? So we'll we'll you'll start yeah, off with two part. part one and I'll do part two.
0: Okay, I, I sort of put uh part one and part two in a, on the same node because well Yeah. No. Both together like one whole episode, let's face yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So Season one, episode one, Beast Wars, part one. A band of benevolent Maximals fo- follows a pack of power-seeking Predacons to a new planet. And that's a synopsis. <laughs> yep, no, that, that's it. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because when, when, they were, when they were making the show, they weren't entirely sure, they didn't have a word from Hasbro yet, if this was going to be prehistoric Earth. So, you know, they they created it. They made it kind of look like an alien planet and they, they were hoping to, you know, rectify the fact that were, th- these were Earth animals <laughs> later on. But um, <laughs> they they tried to make it look kind of like an alien planet and they put like they stuck two moons in the sky just to throw everyone off. And their, their plan was simply, you know, well, if it ends up being prehistoric Earth, we'll just blow up one of the moons. They had no idea how they were going
0: to do that
1: yet, but they they just set themselves up to you know play either role if they needed it to, right? I, it
0: it makes it makes me wonder how how long uh, like w- which episode did it take them? Which episode was it when they got the news that Hasbro says okay, you can make it planet Earth? And was it? I'm, I'm wondering like the the. The second to last episode. I'm wondering if that was like I don't okay. Know. Let's blow up the moon. I, I mean obviously <laughs> it
1: was in the middle of production. But you know, they, they wanted to at least set it up and if it wasn't going to be prehistoric earth, then they would I guess they would just keep both moons in the sky and never never rectify the fact that Earth animals are on the planet.
0: I mean, I'm sure there are other planets that have similar Earth like animals. I, know. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm sure Mars had something anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, it was, it's interesting that they set it up, but they weren't sure that they were going to follow through with it. And at the same time, it it was so focused on itself, right? They weren't worried about mythology. They weren't worried about transformers lore. Uh, They were just setting up these characters and the situation and in a lot of ways, it kind of begins the same way as the first Transformers episode. You know, and these two spaceships battle it out, crash land on Earth, and then uh, they they have at it, right? Right. So either history repeats or begins. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. so <laughs> it's it's and, and it gets you right into the show, right into the show. There, there is no time. It hooks you directly into. This series, these two spaceships, and, and I wasn't expecting this when I first saw this episode. These two spaceships come out of warp and trans warp, specifically. That will be a point later on, um and start shooting each other up, and then crash land. And it was it was great. It was <laughs> the music is fantastic. Uh, the characters yelling at each other and whatnot it's fantastic. And I love how we never get to see. Really, their original bodies.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, n- not true. We get we saw a blueprint of Megatron's old body when he's looking at himself um, mm. at the beginning of it, and y- you see. At first, I thought it was Dinobot. Who is that? is that? Is he looking at Dinobot's body? It's like no, that's Megatron's body. Oh, well, Megatron okay. was
1: in his Cybertronian form at the, exactly. in the very first Yeah, episode. everybody was in no, the Cybertron. Well, I mean, we yeah. see him. We see his full body because he's sitting there looking at his diagram.
0: Yeah, but it's mostly dark and shaded and we can't we don't really see the details of it. Kinda,
1: but you know what? It's actually a reused model from a character, a brief character in reboot. Really? Mm, they just they Who? I don't remember I don't remember, but they, they reused. I wish,
0: I wish JR was Uh here. I wish he could, he would know. (laughs) They,
1: they actually reused a character model from reboot and sort of tweaked it a little bit, recolored it and stuck Megatron's head on it.
0: Well, it's definitely not Megabyte. No, it wasn't
1: Megabyte. No, it was (laughs) something else. I can't remember what it was, but yeah.
0: That's interesting. That's very interesting.
1: But, uh, you know, as you know, we know the, the war starts, they, they find that they're on a planet full of energon, and we, we, we discover that too much energon can short-circuit Cybertronians. Right. And so in order to protect themselves from the, the mass amount of energon uh, scattered across the planet, they decide to get these organic forms that kind of shield them from it, which I thought was a brilliant way, a brilliant excuse to come up with the the, the animal alt modes yeah. story-wise. Cause I mean what 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 is the reason that Transformers have to disguise themselves as as animals? You know, there's there's no one else on this planet. There's no humans yet. Uh, <laughs> there's no reason to necessarily hide. So they had to come up with a way to uh, include the beast modes. And I love the fact that if they stay in robot mode for too long, they'll short out because of the mass amounts of Energon.
0: And go into stasis. Go into stasis-
1: yeah, it, it was that was brilliant. It was just a really fantastic conceit. And it was something that Kingdom completely let <laughs> let slide. I-,
0: I thought we weren't gonna go You're down right. this rabbit You're hole. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the other the other thing I I love is that we got kind of a roll call uh before every single yeah. one of them transformed in the middle of uh their first battle.
0: Yeah, it's it's like the yeah, like a little Sailor Moon transform or, transformation. Yeah, or oh a my. Super <laughs> Sentai
1: Power Rangers kind of moment where they decide to <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh I I always thought that was funny. And and it, it's interesting that the first few episodes Kind of repeat the same style, dramatic style of that happening. They'll they'll have a close up of the beast face saying, you know, their name, maximize or terrorize, with the same right. exact music in the background. And I, th- I I think they were just trying something. <laughs> they just wanted to, like really embolden when they were transforming, and so they 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 kind of kept the same shots intact before they transformed, before, uh, you know, I guess the writers realized, you know, we really don't have to over-dramatize them transforming anymore, we got it, we get it. And <laughs> and so yeah, so they, it got to a point where characters would very nonchalantly say, maximize, and then they transform. It wasn't quite as dramatic. But it, it's it's funny to me that now, in this first episode, and the next few episodes, we'll talk about uh, them transforming is such a big dramatic moment. <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah, it occurred to me that uh throughout the other throughout uh, later episodes uh they're able to go into beast mode or transform sometimes without even saying maximize Mm -hmm. or terrorize and and they're probably thinking to themselves you know we probably don't have to say that that we could just do it when no one's looking okay that's fine (laughs) i haven't found (laughs) anything
1: yet but i do kind of wonder what was the decision to you know, include that to have an activation code where they have to yell their name, and then maximize and terrorize. Because well, they, go on.
0: I think I have I have a theory. Um, each character has like a a computer diag- diagnostic system within them, and they have to. I mean, they're, they're also robots. They gotta. They have certain. They, <laughs> they have, have to, needs. <laughs> They have, <laughs> they, they, they have needs. They have needs. They need to yell out, maximize, or terrorize to relieve themselves and or something. I don't know. And to, to get... <laughs> That makes
1: for an interesting bathroom trip.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe next time. Uh, maximize! I'm just thinking, <laughs>
1: okay. I, I remember back... Uh... A reading in, in a very old interview with the writer of Dragon Ball uh, Akira Toriyama and it was actually his editors idea for Goku to yell his attack um, before he shot it you know and they wanted to come up with the name of an attack and uh, Toriyama he goes, I don't think in a life-or-death situation you'd be yelling the name of your attack. And I'm sitting here watching <laughs> Beast Wars thinking, you know, I don't think in a life-or-death situation like you would this. take the time. <laughs>
0: to... <laughs> yeah. Because there, there's even an
1: episode where someone, like, yells, like, like his no. name and is about to yell terrorize, but right terrorize. as he says it, gets shot by Rap Trap or something. <laughs> and I'm like, see? It was tarantula. Okay, I'm just like, see, this is, this is why... <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I read that you know the the Maximals and Predacons are smaller Transformers or smaller Cybertronians than their ancestors because at some point in time they had the brilliant idea to conserve energy by creating smaller bodies for themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard of
1: that, and I heard of so,
0: that.
1: You know, for a race that has evolved to the point where they realize that they can conserve energy and power and they've been, they've had a long lasting peace so far. The, the idea that they have to have an activation code where they say their name and yell kind of seems counterproductive to what they've (laughs) evolved into. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I like the episode a lot. I, I, I've never loved this episode. And I think the only reason is it's not quite on par with episodes we see later, which I think is really unfair of me to say, because there's a lot of worse pilots out there. Yeah, a lot worse pilots out there. And I I can't really find a flaw here. You know, other than the fact that we Rhinox doesn't really have a weapon yet. Uh, there's a few more animation gaffes in this episode and the next one than um we find later on right but other than that you know the writing works the characters work they made it very plain and clear that this set of heroes is not the same set of heroes from transformers um
0: exactly and it and i got a a really little snippet i want yeah, to go for it talk about but it's it's actually it goes into uh the second episode uh Beast Wars part 2. Well, which says sorry. Yeah, well go since,
1: on. you know, if it goes into that, let's go ahead cuz I mean, like you said, these two episodes are very they're,
0: they're very yeah, close they're, you, to you each other. You can't you can't talk
1: about one without the other. And this episode ends on the cliffhanger with Dinobot uh defecting uh, or th- leading leading to Dinobot's defection. Um
0: yeah, it's it's like uh the first few episodes, the first two episodes of Firefly. They're all the two episodes like are basically one episode, pretty much, and except Beast Wars is better. Uh no offense <laughs> to
1: Firefly. <laughs> Ooh, just fighting I words. love Fi- No, I love Firefly. I too, love
0: Firefly. But-, but I love Firefly too, but yeah. Beast Wars is just better written. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, so Beast Wars, episode two. Beast Wars Part two: A mountain containing the mineral energon is discovered. Man, these are really terrible synopses, aren't they? Synopses <laughs> really doesn't say anything. So the episode starts with Dinobot challenging Optimus Primal for leadership of the Maximals, but he ends up. It, their their battle ends with the Predacons attacking them and uh incidentally revealing a mouse a, a mountain containing the mineral energon and what uh, the the maximals and predacons race each other to that mountain to stop the other essentially
0: right and then a huge battle goes goes into that big mountain of energon a beast war
1: if you will it's
0: a beast war exactly and it was it was pretty sick, I thought. Uh, the the way uh the way Megatron bit Optimus's leg just, urgh, just oh man, that still gets me. That was like, brutal. Ugh.
1: Yeah, and we see the kind of shorting circuit damage in his leg. Exactly. Yeah, it's I just
0: thought. So, what I was going to say about all these characters, both Maxwell and Predacon. Okay, here's a little snippet I want to point out. Uh, there's a saying that says, um, God doesn't, quali- doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the called. And, not. and I see a lot of that in, in Beast Wars. And I liked how there are a good number of flaws from several characters, especially the good guys, the Maximals. The Maximals on the ax- Axelon were heavily outnumbered, outclassed, and lacked a lot of things, especially military discipline or... Any discipline, for that matter, I and mean, you you have to keep in mind these maximals are not military trained; they're space explorers. So the word protocol or order doesn't necessarily apply to them. I mean, we see that when Optimus gives Cheetor and Rattrap orders to, to to stop running or help somebody and whatnot, and they, and they either defy him or just could not hear him because communications are jammed or something, and the, and that's. And which is, it's it's literally like sending a group of undergrad engineers trying to catch a terrorist on the FBI wanted list. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's exactly what this is. Optimus, Optimus Primal was one credit away from getting his master, so then this this happened. Oh, thanks, Megatron. Um, and and as for the Predacons, uh, they're not exactly on the same page either. We got Dinobod, who severely disagrees with Megatron's methods, and Leaves or gets shot, then flown from a long distance. I that's that's an incredible missile from Scorponok, by the way. I don't know if he ever used that anymore. Uh and we we see just how obsessive and sadistic Megatron's nature is, especially at the end of part two of Beast Wars, where he transforms or he transforms to his uh robot mode and a uh, surrounded by Energon just Saying it for if I must die, I shall take you with me. And he was—we we see a glimpse of his insanity, and mm-hmm. it, it just gets worse and worse each season. And <laughs> and as for the rest of the Praticons, we see a lot of them not giving a crap about no, each other not at all, <laughs> with, <laughs> with the whole with a whole every man for himself attitude throughout the the show uh, that's that's what really i think hooked hooked us up into the show
1: the treachery of the The good guys i mean
0: yeah and the good guys are unprepared they have to use their wits and surroundings the bad guys are questioning their roles and both sides have no idea where the hell they are right now and for some reason it's everything is fueled by energon (laughs) and there are two moons (laughs) yeah
1: you mentioned megatron's insanity we do get a glimpse of that in this he doesn't think even that he landed on the right planet, but he's taking it in stride because the planet is full of energon, right? And yeah, and exactly. so he's ta- he's leading his Predacons to gather energon. I don't, I never really understood how they expected to get off the planet though, because it didn't look like the Dark Side was capable of flying again. I was a little confused by that. Well, <laughs> but while we while we do get to see his insanity, we don't get a a really good glimpse of his brilliance quite yet. Because you're right, Megatron is insane, but he's also absolutely genius.
0: And that's pretty much where the insanity comes from. Too much yeah, genius
1: maybe
0: can really. Lead to madness. I mean, if you've seen *Famine of the Opera*, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'm Megatron in the attic somewhere. <laughs> yes. Playing an organ. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> the Predacon of I just, the opera. <laughs> I just don't find because because
1: later on we discover like his his tactics and the long con in general that he plays with the Maximals and the planet and the gold disc, you know, is, is, you know, it's a chess game for him. But at the same time, transforming into robot mode right next to that much energon
0: wasn't exactly the smartest
1: thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, don't know, I, I had some issues with I, that I, I, portion, I but I did enjoy the, the final battle. I did enjoy I Dinobot's, did enjoy defection, Dinobot's defection, defection and how Optimus felt that he could use his, his knowledge uh, to help strategize yeah. against the Predagons. I, I enjoyed just the general setup. They are stranded on this planet and they don't want Megatron to get his hands on too much energon. And so they have to keep him at bay, for however long it takes uh, the maximals to rescue them. That's, that's exactly it, It's exactly an uncertain and, future. Uh, <laughs> they could be at this forever.
0: <laughs> and mean meanwhile, the they're, they're, maximals are trying to figure out how are they going to get home. That they, they just want to. They want to go get home, home and they want to. They want to get home and have the professionals do it because they're anything but qualified as or right. qualified to be.
1: which which brings me to the whole. I love the the
0: I mentioned that
1: you know Transformers is Star Trek the original series. Beast Wars is Star Trek the Next Generation. I think it's also apt to kind of compare Captain Kirk with Optimus Prime and Captain Picard <laughs> with Optimus Primal. because <laughs> think about it, Optimus Primal is strictly an explorer. And a pacifist yeah. and much more, uh, yeah, a, a, diplomat, diplomat. a diplomat. A diplomat, very yeah. much yeah. so. Whereas Optimus Prime.
0: Not so much pacifist, pacifist meaning he didn't, he would not well, use any weapons. He became so. a
1: pacifist, but we'll get there. Yeah, we won't go
0: that <laughs> route <rápido>. um, <laughs> Whereas
1: Optimus Prime was, he didn't want to be a soldier, but he was one. He had to be, he, he had become quite good at it. Uh, but peace was always yeah. in his cards you know exactly, captain yeah. kirk he was constantly embroiled in a cold war against the klingons and the romulans but you know he would much prefer peace and exploration
0: yeah both yeah both prime and kirk were both uh, forged in the fires of war and they had to or cold war yeah but or cold or cold war and uh, hey war is war no, no matter which uh, but um, <laughs> and uh and somehow a uh, piece is on their minds, like you said, in their cards. But are they the ones to truly give it, mm-hmm. give it out to them, mm-hmm. or like pass it? So. Yeah,
1: but but Primal, i the distinction between the two is really what helps set Optimus Primal apart from Prime, because they could have easily, easily just, you know, written an Optimus Prime 2.0. And I think the fact that the writers had never really seen the original Transformers cartoon—I mean, they eventually did—and and, and reached back into uh, that mythology, but the fact that they were kind of unfamiliar with Transformers, I think, really helped shape the character.
0: Yeah, it gave them their their own yes. identity mm-hmm. almost. Yes. So- their
1: own their own Optimus, because own- Primal is nothing like Prime. Prime no, not at all. Um, and that's for the best. Uh, it, 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 Primal had to learn to become a military leader. He he wasn't he wasn't seasoned like Prime was.
0: No, no, he but was the, not.
1: the ins- he- and The inspiration uh, from Primal came from the fact that you know he he kept a cool head. He continued to inspire. Uh, he had plenty of speeches. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um, speechless the only problem oh. I have with Primal and this is a reoccurring issue
0: oh, in season I think I know 1 what it is.
1: specifically here what comes. is the point of having a jetpack <laughs> if you're just going to get blown out of the sky <laughs> multiple times per episode i've looked this up youtube doesn't even have a video where he just gets
0: shot out of the
1: sky and it could very easily be made this it it gets absolutely annoying he is the worst flyer in this show waspinator 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 gets shot out of the sky less times this season (laughs)
0: know it about is that uncanny
1: how often he just gets blown out of the sky you know he's in his robot mode trotting around in gorilla form going yeah well my my uh, internal repairs are still happening i can't fly just yet well maybe if you learned how to fly Optimus.
0: <laughs> well t- apparently Who there's knew a you
1: had to give him a freaking <laughs> hoverboard to get over <laughs> this handicap
0: Oh, God.
1: it's so bad
0: it's really bad
1: like it, it, i i don't <laughs> i should be wow cool optimus can fly no not cool you just get no. shot over <laughs> and over and over so
0: I, I think air razor had to show him a thing or two about okay this is how you do it Okay. No, that's not. No, you know what? Forget it. I can't teach you. You're you're just impossible. Sorry. No, you're not a flyer. He had to watch Mighty
1: Morphin (laughs) Power Rangers: The Movie and watch Tommy leap out of an airplane with a board at his feet (laughs) before realizing how to do it. Uh, You know, I and to be fair. (laughs) I haven't, I haven't finished season two yet. Maybe he gets shot out of the sky a lot then. But so far, so good. He, he, he's, he's doing a lot better. Like, woof! I, mm, I think, I think the next time we do this, Rebecca, I'm going to have a primal blown out of the sky account. Uh, for that's, each,
0: that's. I was going to ask you. Could you possibly do a tally mark you know of what? how many times yeah, Optimus I'll, I'll get, get back shot to you. I'll get
1: back guy. to you. We'll, <laughs> we'll start doing a tally on this. Luckily, we don't have to worry about it with the next episode, though, which seems to be a controversial one amongst a lot of fans. Uh, Rebecca, do you want to lead us into that one?
0: Absolutely, sure. Okay, this is episode three, the Web. Cheetor becomes trapped in Tarantulas' net of deceit and torture, and yikes. Is that true? (laughs) So, a lot of people
1: don't like this episode, I've discovered. And I wasn't sure what I thought about this episode either. I've thought a lot about this one. And I've decided that, you know, because I keep coming back to it, and of the first five episodes, this is is the one I, I think about the most. Yeah, really? I, I think this is actually a, a fairly brilliant episode.
0: I mean, I figured this was a gateway to weird um, fanfic fetishes <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I, I don't. I, I never. Ch- I never checked. I swear, uh-huh. but I had sure, this Rebecca. feeling that <laughs> we, we know you ship Cheetor and
1: Tarantulas.
0: Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I I really don't know, uh, but. Yeah go you know, on go on. I want to hear was, what you have. I
1: remember you, when you were playing Beast Wars with the the our our Beast Wars Transformers toy toys at one point in time. <laughs> you were you were quite obsessed with the whole like trenchulous like gnawing on Cheetor or something like that in the <laughs> uh, He wasn't there.
0: Oh shit. Oh. Oh, crap. You remember that? (laughs) Oh, man. Come on to you. I did do that. What is is wrong with me? (laughs) At least we
1: know where all that fan fiction came from. But I do. (sighs) So there's there's a lot going on here, really. The first thing is that Cheetor, this is Cheetor's story, right?
0: Yeah, Cheetor-centric episode.
1: And we're really focused on Cheetor as a character, on Cheetor as a young character who's been tossed into a war, who's not really taking this very seriously,
0: treating like it like a game, game instead yes. of a war.
1: And as a result, he got he got scrapped by Scorponok early on.
0: And yeah. you know,
1: he has a nightmare about uh, Scorponok and Tranchulus, you know, distracting him and then Optimus reprimands him as soon as they repair him. And Optimus is concerned about this mega cannon that Scorponok found that fell off uh, the Predacon ship, the the dark side. And that never gets resolved. It never gets resolved in this episode or a later episode. Rhinox and Dinobot and Optimus, for the majority of this episode are sitting around a table discussing strategies about what to do with the Predacons and their Mega Cannon, talking about where is the best place they would likely put it, talking about you know what the Predacons' next move would be and what their next move should be in response. And we never get an answer to that. And that's perfectly fine with me, because what we know is that there's a war going on. There's a, a, a larger thing at play, the, the battle between the Maximals and the Predacons, right? Oh. But this story in the foreground is about Cheetor and his hurt pride and you know getting kidnapped by Tarantulus and learning something, and then Rat Trap has to go rescue him and pull him out of that. And as soon as they get back to the Axelon, it's Maximal Base. Optimus, Rhinox, and Dinobot are still talking about what to do, because they will forever be doing that at war. You know, no matter what happens in in the foreground that the story is is focusing on, and and I kind of like that juxtaposition. I I love the fact we never get uh, any resolution over the Mega Cannon or what they did about it. It doesn't really matter because the main story was Cheetor having to you know, realize he was wrong, you know, fall deeper and deeper into this rabbit or spider hole due to his impulsiveness and his his mistakes, uh, and his naivety. And we get a little bit out of Rat Trap, too. You know, beforehand, Rat Trap seemed like insubordinate and really unfeeling, but, you know, he goes after he goes after Cheetor, and at one point, it, it seemed like a throwaway line. He calls him pal, like, get away from my pal. And the last line yeah. Cheetor says in the <laughs> episode, uh, when when Rattrap reprimands him and stomps off, uh, <laughs> he says, okay, pal. He quote, parroting back what Rat Trap said. I thought that was fantastic.
0: Yeah. As a kid, I... Yeah, this was creepy as hell, mm-hmm, no. but as an adult, it's still it's still creepy it's as hell. I mean, we're not, only, we're not <laughs> only, yeah, we're not only introduced to the most sinister and sadistic and just downright disgusting character on the show, right. Tarantulas, but we're also introduced to maybe the impact of or the <laughs> result of PTSD can have on people, namely for young people and who who go through a traumatic event. I mean, that dream sequence Cheetor had a Tarantulas was rather haunting and unsettling. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that he was nearly eaten by spider Hannibal Lecter made it even <laughs> worse. It just, <laughs> I <Spider> mean, <laughs> am I spider wrong? <laughs> Cybertronian Hannibal
1: Lecter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I didn't even think about the PTSD uh, that he, he kind of had to get over yeah. that from this, exp- with this experience. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think this episode in particular was trying to tell kids was that don't go in over your head thinking that you can take on anything on your own because you might end up in a worse place than you previously were mm-hmm. before. And and like you said before, I also liked how Rattrap was beginning to warm up a bit and show a smidge of responsibility, though, reluctantly, but still pulled it off by thinking of Cheetor's survival first before his. but Well, at the same time, it's his. But, but yeah, I, I thought uh, this episode introduced uh, kids uh the like a really darker side of what like the, the darker side of a villain mm. what a villain can really do i mean usually when you see like a <clears throat> one of the old uh i don't know james bond villains he has i don't know james james bond uh, strapped to a table and there's like a laser and that's not really that threatening but or whatever but when you <laughs> but when you see <laughs> but when you see it like a uh, a giant s- spider just w- just sucking the slowly sucking the life out of you from his from his web uh just well telling you Yeah that. I mean that that's that's scary that's I mean it's basically scary. just
1: James Bond on the table again we would just traded the table for a web and we traded a laser for you know life sucking entity I, and I drop- think I think yeah. you know it's the same thing but for the target audience at the time it could come off pretty dark, especially considering that the villain is tarantulas. He is this spidery shadowy figure. He is uh, apparently Hannibal Lecter. Uh, you know, we
0: he also has a, he also has an agenda of his own and we don't know mm-hmm. what that is. Not um, yet. Not yet. I mean, we do, but we, but we won't tell you.
1: <laughs> well, Even, even before that though, he, he comes off as one of the more interesting predacons. He's always been one of the more interesting predacons because he, he, you know, he operates from his own layer outside of the Predacon base. He has his own inventions and ideas. He's a scientist. He's treacherous, um, but he's also brilliant in his own way. And uh, he his brilliance, like you mentioned, you know, Megatron's brilliance, you know, was part of his insanity. Tarantulas, it's kind of the same thing, but differently. He's sadistic. He's he's sick, and, and yeah. he loves it. He's <laughs> he, he's
0: a, he's a yeah. psychopath. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so you know, we we get to see more from the Predacon villains, and this kind of look at Tarantulas and how he operates, sort of on his own here. He
0: he, li- he likes to whisper in people's mm-hmm. ears, especially Megatron's, and he has he likes to. Play his own little game. Right. And get people thinking of other things. He, it's, he's very, very, very And independent. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: It also makes him one of the more dangerous predicons. Because, like, Pterosaur, Pterosaur's a moron. He's treacherous, but he's an idiot. <laughs> Scorpionok, royal right. idiot. Waspinator... Idiot. Yeah. Just
0: idiot. yeah. <laughs> but lovable. <laughs> uh,
1: it's not. It's not until uh, Black Arachnia comes along that we have a little more intelligence involved in the, in the. Yeah. On the Predacon roster,
0: so we get more character development. We get more going character on.
1: insight. Yeah, <laughs> with, with Trenchless especially, and I. I think. I think it was a smart decision to kind of lead with him as being the main villain. Of the the two pilot episodes, because he he was he's he's definitely one of the stronger Predacons character-wise.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's he's one of the most brilliant and and stronger characters.
1: Why don't you take us on episode four?
0: Yeah. Oh, episode four. Oh, this one. <laughs> Equal measures. Uh, the Maximals attempt to set up a, de- a detection system. Dinobot decides to beam a bomb. Very, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Thank you, Tubi. Oh, okay, so so rewatching this, I just realized how nerve wracking this particular episode was. Like I, I mean, I know what happens, but I was still on the edge of my seats and first of all, two Cheetor centric episodes in a row, uh way to go. Uh would love it. <laughs> uh, but, so, Second of all, um, it was an eye-opener to see Cheetor suddenly transport inside the Dark Side, the Predacon base. But what what really dropped my jaw was finding out that the fact that both the Dark Side and the Axelon were in alignment on a fragile Energon vein, that a single bomb would be enough to blow up both Mm -hmm. ships. I kind of wish I saw Dinobot's reaction after he... Sent that bomb and got the map in return. It'd be like, oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, l- but luckily Megatron was able to put aside the war just for a few seconds to allow Chudor to dismantle the bomb and remove it. For a few seconds, in this episode, we actually did see both Maximal and Predacon work together to avert. A catastrophe which was a really cool thing to see and unfortunately this good deed wasn't enough to stop the whole war which is kind of sad in a way when i mean will we see that kind of deed happen again in later episodes i mean we'll tell you once we recorded more episodes but uh yeah but, it reminded, it, with... of, uh, yeah. but it, it reminded me of uh yeah uh, but it reminded me of a what what was the history of world war one how the British and uh, I think it was German. I mean, they were going at each other. and But on Christmas Day, on Christmas evening, they, they stopped and they decided to come out and play and just play, play soccer just for a little while. But then to celebrate Christmas. But but once Christmas was over, they went back to their to their trenches and decided to kill again. It's the same thing with this episode and Beast Wars, just for a few tiny seconds, it was a beautiful moment where Megatron allowed Cheetor to dismantle the bomb and just and try to save them. And it was and Cheetor giving the bomb to Terrazor to fly it up and throw it until eventually he got caught in the explosion, which was actually hilarious. But that, that was that was a beautiful moment. Thinking you, you can thinking you you guys you don't have to fight. You can. You can work together. You can try and try and get off this planet together, but no, you have to you have to have your I don't know, your golden disc or your or your or your honor or your agenda. No, it has something has to be in the way. Well,
1: I mean, I think the Christmas truce comparison uh is a, little yeah, a little over little the top. top. Over the top I, I, I'm sure, but, I get what you're trying to say with that.
0: I mean it's the first it's the first thing that popped yeah. in my head when I saw this, I know, but... I mean, just... and you're not
1: wrong, I mean, but the yeah. Predacons and Maximals have been at peace for for centuries, according to Primal. Now, granted, the Predacons are or at least a faction of the Predacons are waiting and biding their time to strike, and Megatron, who operates on his own agenda outside of that faction of Predacons has kind of thrown a wrench into their plans, but... Hmm. you know here i think it mostly is megatron i mean again we talked about him being brilliant it it doesn't take a genius to realize what you need to do for self-preservation and so he let cheetor take on and immediately once the bomb was destroyed he was going to he was going to blast cheetor
0: right exactly and yeah, I, yeah, Megatron wasn't doing this out of the goodness of his heart. No, he didn't no, he didn't have it. He was he was doing it out of self-preservation. I understand that, but the but the scene of where both Maximal and Predacon were working together, even if it's just for a glimpse, uh, just it felt really comfortable and I uh, had a little warm fuzzy feeling in my in myself.
1: Uh, a few things that stuck out this episode. Uh you mentioned it was a Cheetor centric episode, not to, you know, poo poo on this episode. I know you you enjoyed it. Uh, I I didn't like the fact that we get 2 cheetor Chitaur-centric shows back to back with him essentially making the same mistake twice. It, it almost it's almost like you know he learned nothing
0: from the last episode, and <laughs> well, this time, I, I think he did actually in a way he he knew what he knew what needed to be done. He knew what he created and had to do to to stop all this and. In fact, it was it was this mistake that this one particular mistake that he got into. He actually took took the opportunity to learn and, and yeah. scout around and basically so yeah, he was doing his job. Even if it was he, against orders, was
1: right? Yeah, against- it, this was less. I'm a kid and not taking this seriously and more of a I don't agree with your. Military decision, Optimus kind of role but it's still kind of it, it's still the same sort of vanity that he's falling into. you know he feels he feels that his judgment is better than the the older leaders around him. And that, that's a problem. And it's it's definitely a problem when two episodes in a row do this and a lot of people like equal measures more than the web. I find that the placing of equal measures was poor. And definitely could have used some distance from uh, the web. Maybe that wasn't the writer's decision. I don't know. Maybe the network just felt that Cheetor would be a popular character. They were right. And they wanted more Cheetor-centric episodes. Who knows? But I do think the placement of the episode is is a little much after the web. I do like that Pterosaur says, Welcome to the Dark Side, when Cheetor is transported into the the uh, Predacon base, because that led a lot of fans to thinking, oh, the ship must be called the Dark Side. When really, that there was there was no confirmation mm-hmm. that the ship was named Dark Side, it was just you know, something he said, and that ended up...
0: It was just a yeah, yeah, reference, yeah, just a reference <laughs> to the
1: fact that he was on the bad guy's base of operations. But I do find it funny that that retroactively became the name of predacon ship <laughs> okay. you know i mean years <laughs> later and it's like no the predacon ship is officially called the dark side it's like well thank you Pterosaur, for uh yeah
0: oh he is yeah, good yeah, up for yeah. something okay
1: um <laughs> and you know what it was nice to get an episode where we see a little bit more of the predacon base i still can't really tell you where the main <laughs> operational room of the predacon base is I'm not entirely certain where all these other rooms are, where they come from. Whereas like, I have an idea where all this is in the axelon, you know, the, the main, the main set piece in the axelon is the table.
0: Right. Um, I liked how the axelon is more, how, how the axelon is more, it seems more like a, a family like ship in a way. Like there's a table, like a dinner table almost, but it's not a dinner table. And there's like, uh, seats or computers or something, and then there's a CR chamber where you can just get right there. You can you're at home, and if you're hurt, you can feel better. But on the dark side, it, it's it's very not to mention they're on top of a <laughs> volcano, and they and their floor is lava, literally lava. And <laughs> but they're but they're like it's very it's rather cold looking and, and dark and sinister. It, it's just every everything's up. Everything's like on a pedestal mostly, like just. Okay, very that's, that's a and good cold. way to put
1: it. So I, I, there's a lot of space in the dark side. Like a lot of empty, unused space in the dark side. You know, it, Megatron's on this like <laughs> floating chair half the time. All of his subordinates are on these these pads to kind of get around. Yeah, i always wanted those it, pads. They looked so much fun. <laughs> it is a completely different schematic than the Axelon. That was interesting. I don't think, I think Cheetor is even less humble after the end of this episode than he was the the web, which I kind of had an issue with. I'm not entirely sure what I think of the characterization of Dinobot in this one. He comes off a little colder than what we expect later on. And I know this is only the fourth episode, and we, we have time for Dinobot to kind of develop into that, that honorable character.
0: Right. Yeah, he still has that. He has that Predacon, Predacon nature, nature to just
1: annihilate yeah. Megatron, and no matter right. the At, cost. No matter, no matter, the, matter cost, the cost. So. And it's it's a bit for someone who would later on talk about having honor and whatnot to to transport a bomb to the Predacon base.
0: Not that honorable of a. <laughs> no, and especially when he gets like a blueprint. Or a map of the area where where they are. Like, I mean, you, you'd think uh he will. Optimus looked at Diamond and saying, "So, um, you pretty much killed us, didn't you?"
1: Yeah, <laughs> nice work.
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah, equal measures. Fun episode. Damn. Not one of my favorite episodes. Not one of my favorite episodes. So.
0: Fine, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right, Onto the next, the next episode, episode, the final
1: episode on this show that we're doing today. Uh, episode five, Chain of Command. The Maximals are leaderless when Optimus Primal is kidnapped. The Predacons launch an attack. So this is the first episode where we, we deal with uh, the aliens. We find out later called the Vok. And... They were hinted, this was hinted at in, I believe, the second episode where Rhinox uh, notices the kind of Stonehenge-looking place. And, uh, you know, it it was already ominous in Part 2 of Beast Wars when he goes, The Predacons didn't build it, neither do we. And so now we have a hint as to who built it after Optimus was... Apparently destroyed or transported, and there's a a
0: Supp- supposedly uh, yeah destroyed, and but... then
1: you know there's a big argument as to who should lead the Maximals. Is Optimus alive? And a a confrontation between uh, the Predacons and the leaderless Maximals before a really fantastic return from Primal.
0: <laughs> I love. Is this it. <laughs> is this the first episode
1: where he no. Prime, no, where he, he said Prime.
0: Prime. No, no, no. Yeah. In the first episode where uh, Cheetor ran off and uh, Rhinox says, no good. The Energon's jamming our communication system and Optimus goes, well, that's yeah, yes, okay. Prime. And then you get Ratchet going, sorry, you're new on the job. Shut Which up. is another
1: another, uh,
0: <laughs> another one. <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how uh, Beast Wars influenced Family Guy with that one. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> the <laughs> So the aliens decide to get a good look at the new tenants on on Earth, we assume. And then go back in space after the fact. But the big story, of course, is that not simply that you know, the aliens are are Checking out who's moved in, but but we get a glimpse into how the Maximals operate when their leader is is gone. You know they they try doing a vote, but you know with so few people <laughs> there, it doesn't work out. Uh, <laughs> Dinobot wants to do it in a traditional Predacon way by having a, a battle, uh, and then Primal makes his existence known and gives. Gives Rat the trap, order
0: to have Rattrap. Which Rat trap I end.
1: think is fascinating because up to this point, Optimus and Rattrap haven't necessarily gotten along great. You know, I, I would have expected him to give Rhinox the the job. But it's interesting that yeah. uh, that Optimus thinks there's there's enough tactical promise in Rattrap to make him into the first in command. And Rattrap's been very much, you know... I'm I'm doing this to save my own hide, et cetera, et cetera. But then he he comes up yeah. with he's an incredible shot. He's an an incredible shot. We we see this throughout.
0: There's a real shot there.
1: And and I love the scene where he gets the shields back online.
0: Yeah, leaps he, for he, runs. he leaps
1: for it. He, he shoots down,
0: shoots at, <laughs> shoots down. Uh, who was it, Pterosaur or what's in <laughs> it yeah. And, and it then goes. hits the hits
1: the shields right before uh, the missiles hit the Axalon. I, I it, it was a great scene, and we get a glimpse of Dinobot's character who says, "You know your your move to get the shields back up was truly exceptional. I am dishonored." And that's that's when we sort of get this glimpse of, <laughs> of Dinobot and how important honor is to him.
0: And we kind of also get a glimpse that uh, Dinobot is sort of warming up to Rat Trap in a way, and Rat yeah, and Trap he has to
1: try and kill him again. <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> they love each other, <laughs> you know they do. I mean, it's kind of like a big brother little brother thing. Like big brother wants to kill the little brother every now and then, so you know. It happens. I
1: mean, <laughs> who's the big brother? I, though they both act like <laughs> alpha males. I can't really. <laughs> uh, Trap has no problem walking up to Dinobot and shoving his gun in his face. There's no, no fear in that whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, this, this was an exceptional episode just based on how Optimus Primal works because even when he's you know without a body, he's he has exceptional judgment. Of course, Rat Trap was the perfect choice to be uh, next in command. Um, they may not get along, and there's there's hints in that they they still don't get along later on, but they may not get get along just le- yet. But but it's undeniable that Rat Trap knows what he's doing. He he's a demolitionist, as you said. He's he's stealthy. He's a great shot, uh, and he's. Capable of making the right deci- decisions tactically. Uh, again, he knew that the shields needed to go up. He ordered Dinobot to do it. Dinobot was uh, a, a little a little busy at the time. To, in Dinobot's defense, <laughs> I don't know what he expected. Yeah. you know. Um, I mean,
0: he could have had Cheetor's, who was the fastest, right? Right.
1: right. <laughs> uh, but you know. But instead, you know, Rat Trap went ahead and did it and took out some Predacons at the same time. He's quite good at this. And I, I, I love the idea that Optimus is, is excellent enough of a leader mature enough of a leader to recognize the qualities of leadership qualities in others as well. You know, it's always about who you think would be least likely to be chosen. And in this case, after the argument that they got in, in the, uh, the first two episodes of Beast Wars, it's a little surprising that Optimus would choose Rattrap. And I think that says a lot about yeah. both characters.
0: Yeah, it really does. I, Yeah, the, the more you talk about it, the more I realize that is that's quite a bold move, Primal made. Mm-hmm. And, and Oh yeah, we also finally get to see uh, Rhinox have his own weapon in this. Yes, episode. he finally <laughs> <laughs> he, he has the uh, w- what's the rapid? Uh-
1: <laughs> it's a chain gun of some sort.
0: Yeah, a chain yeah. gun or something. It's- I love it. <laughs> he sees waspinator in the reflection of the alien thing and turns around. Just mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the debut of Rhinox's weapon, which was long overdue. I, I think you know the toys for these characters came out or at least designed before the show came out. And I think the writers and the animators did a great job of taking kind of the basic concepts of those toys and their weapons and, and making it work for the show. Because the toy, he definitely doesn't have a chain gun uh, as a toy, but they, they kind of took the basic design of that whatever weapon he had as a toy and used it, To create this really cool gun. (laughs) Four barreled chain. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. uh, I think. uh, Rhinox didn't get much screen time these first five episodes. I mean, but. And he is. He is heavily. uh, I don't know if he's heavily uh, underrated. uh, Underrated because. I mean, spoiler alert, he's probably uh, one of the few characters that have that does not go through a transmetal trans transformation or Transmetal two. Right. He stays he stays the way he is. And he but he goes through so much changes throughout the whole episodes. And I can't wait to explore more into Rhinox's yeah. character as we go yeah, on. I
1: think Rhinox definitely becomes the most empathetic character of the Maximals.
0: Yeah, he's like a... People people keep comparing him like uh, to uh, either Ratchet or Ironhide, no. but no, no, he's his own person. Rhinox is his own person.
1: I mean, he he's and a he, brilliant engineer. Yes.
0: Yeah, you can you can. He is a you can be strong and powerful, but also brilliant and genius and empathetic at the same time. He, he, you don't get you don't see much of those characters. And he's all of that out there.
1: He's all of that. There, yeah. There's a, there's exactly. a lot of there's a lot of gentle gentleness in in rhinox and i think you know we we talked about how uh you know it says a lot about optimus primal and rat trap that primal chose rat trap to lead you know it also says a lot that rat trap chose rhinox to stay in the axelon and create a a device that could bring optimus back you know and, and, and rhinox yeah, even that- makes this this like comet so, create a, a device that <laughs> extracts Optimus from an alien probe. I must be a miracle <laughs> worker. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they kind of poke fun at the idea. You have no information whatsoever, but we need a device to get Optimus. <laughs> so, but again, it says, you know, somewhere in there, Optimus knew Rat Trap would probably make that decision because Rhinox was the best chance Optimus had of, of getting free. And so it it all it all kind of works out the the chain of command, as the episode is called, really worked in in favor of the characters this episode.
0: Yes, I completely agree. I think it was more very I think it was very uh, maximal centric mm-hmm. episode than it was Predacon
1: centric. So although I, I do so, uh, love uh, what bits and pieces we get of Megatron. In this, that, that that smile when he's attacking the the, the Axel. Atta- and
0: yeah, you <laughs> know, it,
1: he he feels like he's getting closer, right? Optimus is mm-hmm. gone. The Maximals are in turmoil. Uh, Rat Trap is an unproven leader. Uh, he thinks he's got it. You know, he 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 thinks he's going to get the probe. You no, know, why? But
0: then, but then, as soon as Primal appears, you see the look on his face—the same look. Me- Uh, in Transformers Prime uh, Megatron had when uh, Optimus sliced a a giant boulder with a star saber in season two.
1: (laughs) It's really satisfying. It's really satisfying to see Megatron up so high and then mm, then, not quite. So
0: all downhill from Mm -hmm. there.
1: (laughs) And then we leave, uh. we leave off this episode with kind of a, you know, uncertainty because now, you know, it, up to this point, it's been a show about the Maximals versus the Predacons. But now there's this third faction introduced and we're not entirely sure what their motives are. And that makes them all the more creepy and ominous to me.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I cannot wait to write proper, more proper notes on <laughs> about this. <laughs> Okay, so this has been an episode of Maximum Drift. Is that what we're yeah, calling we're, it now?
1: The, the, yeah, these are Maximum Drift. You will find out where you can get more Maximum Drift after the next Maximum Drift
0: episode. There you go. Uh, I'm Rebecca. If you'd like to check out some of my artwork, I just recently found my old Tumblr account and did a bit of updating, so yes, you can definitely find find me there and... Uh, on the Linktree tree app at linktr.ee slash reb.hudge. And
1: I'm G, you can find me on Twitter at Gman on the and check out my uh, Substack, Deferential Wrath of a Rusting Markalite Cannon at markalite.substack.com.
0: And we are the Drift Space. You can check out our show on bit.ly slash tdslinks, where you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers, if you like what you've heard, share it with a friend, then you both can hit us up on our socials at The Drift Space. Geek out with us or just say, hey, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening and for your support. And always, stay strapped. Stay strapped. Maximize.
1: Terrorize.
0: Strapped. <laughs> <laughs>